Welcome to 5x5 Crypto. Each week, we cover the so what of five crypto developments in about five minutes. My name is Afo, and I'm interested in crypto. Like and subscribe on Substack, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. I think you'll enjoy this week's episode. Let's go. Hey, this is a special edition of the 5x5 Crypto News Update. It's focused on the Bitcoin 2021 conference. Let's go. This is part two. Last weekend, I attended the Bitcoin 2021 conference in Miami. My goal was to learn and connect. I figured I could watch the presentations on YouTube on my own time, but I could not recreate the networking opportunities. So therefore, I decided to focus on walking around the exhibition hall and connecting with people and companies that I found interesting. I found myself chatting with NFT creators on the beach and hobnobbing with newbies and VCs alike in multi-million dollar gated communities. Here are a couple things I learned. Number one, El Salvador adopts Bitcoin. Look, I was in the room when Jack Mallers took the stage. He wept as he discussed how Bitcoin and the Lightning Network was bringing relief to people in El Salvador. So for context, here are some stats. 20% of El Salvador's GDP is from remittances. That is like, you know, someone sending money home to their family back in El Salvador. The challenge is this. Folks receiving funds pay really high transaction fees up to 50% in some cases. That's just crazy. And part of the reason why that happens is 70% of the population in El Salvador doesn't actually have access to banks. That's wild too. Anyway, Strike and the Bitcoin Lightning Network have enabled instant and free cross-border payments in El Salvador. Now, this meant families were able to receive more money to buy medicine, food, shelter, pay school fees, you name it. This deeply resonated with me, very, very deeply. Okay, that was the background. So as Jack's talking about all of this, the atmosphere in the room is already charged. And the next thing we know, there's a special message from President Bukele of El Salvador. And he announced that the country would be adopting Bitcoin as a legal tender. In that moment, the room erupted in a standing ovation. Strangers hugged one another. People high-fived each other and tears flowed freely. It was simply electric. I got to experience history. In some ways, it reminded me of the night President Obama was elected to his first term in office. It's not the same, but you know what? I'll never forget how I felt to be in that room at that point in time. I think I finally started to get it. While I may have entered into this space for investment purposes, I'm learning and experiencing that Bitcoin is also about freedom and making the world a better place. That is a vision that I can get behind. Number two, Bitcoin mining. So earlier this year, I jumped in and became a Bitcoin miner. So the conversation around carbon emissions 
isn't just an academic one to me. It has now become personal. I believe mining can become a force for good by subsidizing energy investments, which might not be otherwise be economic. Now look, I have first-hand experience with energy poverty. Let me tell you this. It is a terrible thing. And this has informed my support of a multi-pronged approach to power development. Yes, I am 100% behind the use of low or to no carbon power sources like geothermal and solar. But at the same time, I am not going to scorn at natural gas. It was really exciting to learn that Square is partnering with Blockstream to build a $5 million solar power Bitcoin mining facility. At the same time, it was also exciting to connect with the folks at Upstream Data. Now, Upstream Data is a company that provides solutions to capture flare gas that is then used to power Bitcoin mines. One of my contacts shared that the natural gas setups have a payback period of about two years. I also learned that some of these facilities prefer to use older Bitcoin miners like S9s because they handle irregular power supply better than some of the newer models. That was interesting to me. So Upstream Data is actually also working on integrating carbon credits into the solution. I think that's a great way for people looking to offset their carbon footprint. And lastly, they're also developing modules that are suitable for, op- for offshore applications. Now, of course, these systems would need to be more corrosion resistant and more sturdy for that use case. Now, lastly, on the mining piece, I met with a team called Epic. Now, Epic, they produce machines to mine Saya coin. Now, Saya coin basically works as an Airbnb for hard drives. So it's a cryptocurrency software that allows any computer running it to rent out unused hard drive space so to users looking to store files. Now, I haven't done extensive research about SciaCoin, but I thought it was pretty interesting. Now, additionally, the team shared that the estimated payback period for a SciaCoin miner was just six months based on acquiring a miner which cost about $2,000. Unsurprisingly, Epic is struggling to keep up with the demand for these miners. There's currently a three to six month waiting period for those machines. So here's a link if you wanna learn more. Number three, NFTs. Now, there is a lot more to NFTs than just art and NBA Top Shot. I learned about virtual reality projects, gaming, movie production, and so much more. NFTs are truly here to stay, and they will be one of the more effective ways to unwrap the next billion crypto users. I think the beautiful thing about NFTs is that people may not even recognize that they're using something which is crypto enabled or crypto powered. I really enjoyed connecting with the NFT creators, the investors, and technologists. I have a lot to learn in this space, but it's definitely gotten my attention. Number four, privacy. I also learned about the secret network. So as 
Blockchain solutions continue to evolve into a myriad of applications. It's basically going to become increasingly important to protect user privacy. And if you think about it, data on users' transaction history could be paired up and put together. And essentially, you could maybe like have someone's house address associated with their transaction history. And that's just like unnecessary criminal exposure. The secret network is the first blockchain with privacy as a default. Here's a link to learn some more. Number five, DeFi. Decentralized finance, DeFi, repeatedly came up in a number of my conversations. Now for context, DeFi is focused on removing the middleman from transactions and enabling people to obtain financial services for lower cost, greater speeds, and anytime. That's 24 seven, 365. Now, DeFi is more closely associated with the Ethereum blockchain. However, DeFi applications are now also being built on Bitcoin too. A number of the crypto OGs I met up with really encouraged me to dive deeper into both Bitcoin and Ethereum DeFi protocols. Their hypothesis is that DeFi is going to be the killer application for a cryptocurrency. They're saying DeFi will also be a major on-ramp for the next billion crypto users. Super exciting. I'm taking their advice and digging in. I actually am reading a book on Ethereum right now. So closing thoughts. I learned much more than I highlighted here. I had a number of interesting conversations around payments, around custody, and much more. I would like to really encourage you to you know, get on YouTube and check out some of the presentations. Here are three of the ones I really enjoyed, but there's a lot of really great content on YouTube from the conference, so feel free to dig in. But the three that I want to highlight, number one, Bitcoin for Billions, Not Billionaires by Lynn Alden and Elizabeth Stark. And Elizabeth Stark's like, you know, one of the brains behind the Lightning Network. So really interesting talk over there. Number two, how Bitcoin can stimulate the green transition. And again, it really ties into my ideas around how Bitcoin can become a force for good. Anyway, this talk was by Steve Lee and Aaron Van Werdum. And the third one is bringing innovation home to America. This was led by Senator Loomis and Representative Davidson. And they really talked about some of the policy um, regulations and just more about providing an enabling environment for crypto to thrive here in the US. So that was interesting from um, a different point of view. Let me know if you have any questions. I'm always happy to engage. I hope you have a fantastic week ahead. Bye for now.